and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode 339. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. A chilly Louisville, Kentucky, I must say. And this is another listener interaction, I guess, solo show. So let's just dive into what kind of listener interaction we got going on this week in the uh, community here. So uh, we're going to start off with the email from Chris O'Connell. And he says, hello from the UK, Photo Books. He says, hi guys, I'm writing to you from Coventry in the UK. I'd like to send you a photo book I've self-published. Would you be happy to receive it? I'm turning more uh, uh, to these thoughts of how to share work with an audience as the other way of doing things. Exhibitions, art fairs, and so on are all blitzed by COVID. More and more, I don't think social media is the way to impart who we are or might be as photographers. Like, who can take enough good photos to keep posting regularly on Instagram? I can't. But dare I say it, the old-fashioned way of building a body of work and sending each other things through the post might be a useful way to go. Good old-fashioned global word of mouth. I don't know. I just like uh, throw these. Uh, I just throw these ideas at you. What do you think? Meanwhile, if you'd be happy to receive my book, please do let me know. And where to best post to? Best wishes, Chris. Uh, it's Chris O'Connell, and he has a website that is www.chrisoconnellphotos.co.uk. That is uh, Chris O'Connell Photos. C H R I S O C O N N E L L Photos.co.uk. Uh, well, thank you so much, Chris, for this. Um, this email and uh, for offering to send uh, uh, your photo book uh, to uh, not, I think not just me, but I think uh, Roxana and Andre, I think I, he got uh, their, their addresses as well. Uh, super cool. And when I get that, I'll obviously be doing a, a face cast showing it and uh, on the, on the uh, Facebook group and as well as talking about it here on the, uh, on the podcast. So uh, thank you so much for your generosity and uh, glad to spread the word on, uh, on this photo book when, uh, when we get it. Um, yeah, you have a good point about, uh, <laughs> Uh, how we're sharing photos these days and uh, so I've, I've gotten a, a really good conversation uh, somebody put out on uh, like a Facebook uh, uh, they did a, a face cast actually and brought up a good uh, point about uh, how we what we do with our with the, the, the volumes of photos we take you know what's the final output and what's the point of it all sometimes and uh, it brought up a, a really good I don't know, made me think about a good subject for like a, an upcoming roundtable discussion. So I think the next episode, yeah, the next episode will be a roundtable. So maybe it'll be a topic we'll discuss uh, in that in that particular episode. Because I think it'd be a good idea to, to hear what some people think about, about that. It's just one of those, uh, I think we all as photographers, I think we probably uh, create more work than most other art forms. Even like musicians or, or definitely painters and stuff like that. I think we as photographers as in as an art form we just we take uh, we make we create a lot of work and sometimes it can be hard to figure out what to do with it all or how best to share it or or how best to get people to see it or or just what the final output what's the final reason for, uh, for doing it other than just the the fun of going and and, and creating and being creative taking the photograph so uh, a very good uh, brings up another good subject i think i have to make that a round table discussion i believe so uh, all right, and then uh, in the last couple weeks, I've gotten some some pretty pretty cool mail, pretty cool mail. And um, first one's from uh, Alex Morrison, and uh, he sends a, a little letter here. Uh, he says, "Hey Gutterman, thanks again for Andre and Roxana's addresses, and thank you as well for the podcast. I still firmly blame you for the inspiration to get back into film." 
not just the podcast, but the community you've built is just awesome. Well, thank you, Alex. It's a very nice thing to say. Uh, so keep drinking your bourbon. <laughs> As a proud Brit, I am a Scotch whiskey drinker. Uh, and keep casting. You make them, I'll listen, Alex. P.S. I know you're a Hoga lover, so here are some of my favorites. So what did Alex send me here? And uh, sent me a, a really cool zine and some, some let's see, get, I got like f- five Hoga prints uh, uh, photographs. And I guess these are like, these are like, uh, I don't know, four by fours or, yeah, probably four by fours. And uh, just some beautiful Hoga work here. And he, uh, four color shots and one black and white shot. And uh, just really uh, uh, knows how to use that Hoga. And uh, I showed these on uh, last weekend's uh, weekend face cast. So uh, if you want to check these out, uh, go to the Negative Positives Facebook group and uh, look up my face cast last weekend and see these photos. And also you'll get a look at the zine that I'm getting ready to talk about right here. Uh, Alex Morrison's zine is called Panoramic Demic. Panorama Demic. And, uh, from Alex Morrison. Uh, and uh, Alex is actually a Las Vegas-based photographer, obviously, but uh, he's uh, originally uh, from uh, the UK, but uh, apparently now and currently in Las Vegas. He says he's, uh, he, but he moves around a lot. So, <laughs> But this uh, panorama demic by Alex, Mor- Alex Morrison, inside uh, the description on the, on the first page when you open it up, says, uh, pinhole photography has never really been something I've been too interested in. I usually like controlling my depth of field and having the sharp parts sharp rather than everything slightly blurry. And then I won a Hoga WPC and a podcast giveaway. Working out how to use, uh, use it took a little while. I first took it to Death Valley, which was a disaster. Too much light meant I was trying to expose very brief exposures, and the Hoga light leaks resulted in almost entirely blank film. I abandoned it, abandoned it again for a few months. Then COVID-19 happened, and my usual creative outlets were no longer open to me. I had the idea that I wanted to record the lockdown a bit more create, creatively, creative, man, creatively. <laughs> I'm struggling tonight. Uh, than just normal photos. The Hoga, oh, man, I really am struggling. The Hoga caught my eye. Much electrical tape later, and uh, more than a few rows of film. The results of the sh- of our shutdown are contained in the zine. My first. Sorry if it shows. All are black and white, and all are shot, developed, and scanned by me. Well, this is a. Um, a really interesting, uh, uh, what a good idea. Like he took photos of kind of just around his house. Uh, basically what we were all dealing with uh, when we were on uh, lockdown, shutdown uh, in the early phases of, of, of the, the COVID pandemic. And I think, that, you know, going through the zine, I think uh, anybody that sees this will will see a lot of familiar images, uh, not necessarily because uh, not <laughs> these are Alex's family, but, uh, but you're going to recognize that a, a lot of us have shared the same sort of thing during isolation. But what a good idea to take them uh, on the Hoga uh, wide pinhole camera which is i love that pinhole camera it's like the only pinhole camera i really shoot and i really don't have any desire to have any other pinhole cameras because uh, the the hoga kind of does what i wanted to do you know and uh uh, but one thing i do like uh, that uh, alex did here and i mentioned it on the also on the weekend face cast which i showed this uh, uh last weekend on the facebook group is some of the photos are vertical and I've never, it never has occurred to me to shoot vertical shots on that Hoga wide pinhole. I've just never, never even just dawned on me to do that. And I think it's quite interesting. It's something I think I'm going to have to try in the future here. Uh, but yeah, there's shots of his family uh, just kind of hanging out around the house and and, uh, and and doing some some activities to pass time when we were in, in lockdown. And uh, <laughs> there's a nice shot here inside of a garage, uh, really close to a, a wheel of a car, uh, which kind of reminds me of the, the Gutterman cave. Although his garage looks way cleaner than mine. 
<laughs> and uh, but the, the ones I really like in here, there's some shots of uh, uh, shooting the Hoga wide pin hook straight into the sun, and like the sun flare that he's getting uh, is really really cool. And that's so that's something else I'm gonna have to try with my Hoga wide pin hook. I haven't ever I don't know if I've ever shot it you know straight at the sun, but man, he's got some really really cool photos, uh, particularly the last two of the of the zine. Uh, where there are vertical shots and there's like a statue and the, uh, this sun just looks like an explosion in the sky and uh, and then there's another one that looks almost like a desert shot like some cactus or something uh, with the sun in the sky also just looking like it's exploding with tons of little sun tentacles coming down to to, to burn your soul but uh <laughs> so but uh, uh thank you so much alex for this uh, cool zine what a, what a great idea uh, I, I just i love that how people have taken the, the pandemic and some of the zines I've, I've, I've received recently and found a way to shoot during that time in a, in a creative way and in, in, in a cohesive manner an actual project so uh kudos to that uh alex is on instagram at alex morrison 35 that is a l e x m o r r i s o n 35 uh alex morrison 35 on instagram he's also on Flickr at alex underscore morrison so uh, uh thank you so much alex for a really really cool zine and a great idea and hey a nice nice little note there i appreciate that all right and then one other thing in the bell Got these a uh, couple darkroom prints from none other than Mr. Mike Kukavica, uh, drunk underscore darkroom on Instagram. Uh, also, a previous guest just a couple weeks ago, uh, had a blast having Mike on, and uh, he sends me a note here. It says, Hi, Mike. I uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. As promised, uh, enclosed is the photo of Andre with the look. <laughs> I think we mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, there's a, a nice little portrait of Andre Dominguez, uh, everyone's favorite, one of everyone's favorite co captains. And he has like this kind of half smile on his face uh or uh, smiley smirk on his face and uh i mentioned that this is the look that i get uh when i tell one of my immature crass uh possibly inappropriate jokes and uh it's like that look where he he wants to laugh but he doesn't know if he should because what i said was completely inappropriate but that's the look and i i love having this portrait because i've seen that look quite a few times but (laughs) <laughs> and also, the, the, he's talking about the other print now, because he sent me two. Uh, also, the print of the old Ford van. What do you think? At first, I thought this was way too dark. However, after, after a few days, it is growing on me. Take care, my friend, Mike Kukavica. Uh, P.S. <laughs> Never trust electrical circuits or farts. <laughs> they might just have juice in them. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to tell my sons that one. <laughs> And uh, uh, the print of the uh, Ford van. This is one of the, this is a real vintagey old Ford van. And uh, uh, he was he thought he might have had the printed it a little too dark in the dark room. And I said on the face cast, I was like, I, I don't think so at all. I think Mike, I think I think you nailed this one, man. Like I think the uh, exposure is just right on it. Uh, uh, but then again, I also mentioned on the on the face cast that I, I tend to prefer my prints, uh, even though I don't do darkroom printing. But even on my inkjet prints. Or even when I send them to a lab, I do tend to prefer my prints to be a little darker. Um, I, I don't know. There's like this, uh, uh, I think, a little more moodiness you get out of prints that way. So I will tend to go a little darker than maybe maybe I probably should. Uh, maybe I'm a little a little too heavy-handed with that at times. But uh, uh, but I also mentioned on that face cast that I think the reason I got uh, inspired by that is one of my favorite like classic master photographers is uh, Wynn Bullock, and uh, he was uh, I, I, when I, looked, I saw a couple of his prints at an exhibition, and I've got a couple 
couple of his photo books and I just noticed how dark a lot of his prints were and uh, I, I don't know if I really noticed that uh, that's just something that really struck me about his, his photography or particularly his prints when you see him in person and I just really liked it I liked the how it just added a moody element to it and uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, leaning more towards a little darker print than uh, than super bright so uh, but uh, thank you Mike Kukovica uh, under, drunk underscore darkroom on Instagram. Uh, always good to hear from you, brother. And that, thank you for these awesome little prints here. So, and the nice note. So, uh, okay, what else do we have here? Uh, I think that's pretty much it for what we have in this first segment. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get uh, take a little break, and then we're going to have an interview with Alex Purcell uh, from the Soot and Whitewash podcast. Now, Alex and I went on for a pretty good while. I think we did almost an hour and a half interview. So I am definitely going to split this up in two parts. You'll hear part one on this episode. And two weeks from now, you'll hear part, hear, you will hear part two with Alex Purcell. I had a great time talking with him. Uh, and he's from the Soot and Whitewash podcast and also Grainy Blur on Instagram. And let's see, what on Twitter, he's also Grainy Blur. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex Purcell from the Soot and Whitewash podcast. My interview with him, part one, uh, in the next segment right after this break. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back, folks. folks so this is a little show this one kind of came in the spur of the moment uh i was kind of doing a little chat with this gentleman uh he is uh, kind of giving me some links to some original music tracks that uh you know I've, I've been asking on solo shows for like original music to play at the end of the solo shows for any photographers out there that happen to be making original music and i was kind of getting a little low on them and this uh, gentleman kind of hit me up and uh he's he's got some got some stuff out there got some got some music out there and that is none other than mr alex purcell so i just got of grabbed a couple of his tracks that you'll hear on uh, future solo shows uh alex uh what do you want to tell people about this uh this, this music uh, these uh, these three tracks that i got from you <laughs> <laughs> how you doing mike <laughs> good i um, should probably start with that yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, oh, well, you just said that you were running low on them, so uh, I, that reminded me that I, I had uploaded a few bits and pieces to SoundCloud years and years ago now, um, just things that I'd kind of made up on my phone in mm -hmm. quiet moments when I was a bit bored, As a, well, the intention was to kind of do it as a backing for playing guitar, which is my main thing. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I just got, got into this app and Nano Studio and started messing around with it and got carried away with it really and it didn't really end up doing much um of the kind of guitar stuff with it but uh yeah it's just great fun to play around with synthesizers something that i couldn't afford in reality but the uh mm -hmm. the apps that that emulate them are pretty amazing really it really so, is I, I was i was shocked i, I use an app called uh, Groovebox, and anybody that's listened to the show in the last uh, i don't know year or so has seen has heard a lot of electronic music from me which is definitely not my wheelhouse and uh and but it's all come from this app on my phone a lot of it done while i was at work uh, in between like building trucks i'd be like let me add a little synth here let me do something <laughs> <laughs> so, i like that <laughs> i'm and, a when i'm driving when i'm working <laughs> 
again, I'm just like in LA by just <laughs> resampling some bit of it and kind of, yeah. Right, right. But it's amazing what these apps can do. And, and like uh, a lot of my reasons for using the app was sort of the same. I was going to, you know, uh, uh, just get some basic uh, drum uh, things going or maybe some atmospheric sounds and then add guitar to it. But then I just got car- kind of got carried away and was like, which I guess I was trying to get into my inner Depeche mode and nine inch nails or something. And uh, so I just kind of went, went all in on it. And, uh, but it's a blast. It's amazing that, that you can make music like, you know, that sounds pretty darn good uh, for somebody that has no, no, doesn't know anything, doesn't know the way around keyboards on an app on your phone. <laughs> and I actually make it sound like, uh, yeah. pretty good. like, like my wife was actually pretty impressive. She was like, Oh, this is some really good stuff, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I this is on an app on my phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <laughs> I almost didn't want to tell her. I wanted to tell her I got out the oh, some old keyboard or something and just made it up. But, uh, but, yeah, that would be but, nice for that. Do a proper analog equipment would be good. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. awful. It's, the damn iPhone is kind of annoyingly good at everything. I put a, put a picture on Facebook or something. And be like, oh wow, that's great. Say like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Like right. the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> my, my family don't react anymore to any of my film shots they're just like okay yeah great whatever years ago they're like wow that's beautiful but now they're just sick of it <laughs> right is it, it I, i'm sort of the same way with the iphone i just i just recently a couple months ago i guess got the iphone 11 or whatever and the, the camera on it yeah i gotta say it's pretty fantastic but do, do you feel like when you take shots on your iphone or whatever <laughs> Even if it's great, even if it's fantastic, you feel like you cheated. I always feel like I cheated. <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't feel that way. A, a photo is a photo that regardless of the medium. But I was like, I'm always like, I always like, don't give them credit because oh, I took this on an iPhone. No big deal. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah. Sorry, my dog's just kicking uh, off because a lot of went past. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It is just so easy, isn't it? It's like mm. I've got um. Uh, an app on there for framing up large format sh- shots. It's got all the different kind of uh, uh, focal lengths. Um, so you can just, instead of setting everything up and spending like 20 minutes getting ready, then then looking at the ground glass and going, oh, no, actually, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> you can just take your phone out and get a, you know, you see what's going to be in, uh, uh, in the frame. And so you just get your phone out. It's like, wait a minute, I could just, I could just press the button here and just click it. <laughs> And right. save like the twenty minutes of getting all the stuff. Out. Right, yeah. right. I, I, it's it's funny because uh, I, I I had I had somebody telling me um, uh, what was it like uh, people that enter into film photography uh, really all we're trying to do is just make our hardest our job as hard as possible. <laughs> like, and I think there's a little yeah. bit something to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, uh, well, yeah. I think there's. There's a lot to be said for that, really, because <laughs> I think it is the pro- it's the process, really. It's all about well, it's not all about the process. I, you can't sort of be absolute about anything because the end result is obviously it is different. It can be different, not necessarily. Mm. Sometimes you wouldn't know the difference. I, I take some shots with my 90 mil. Some of the shots I took uh, yesterday at an abbey up the road. It's this very similar angle of view to the iPhone, um, and everything's in focus as it mm. is to the iPhone because it's mm. you know that wide angle. Mm-hmm. you get much greater depth of field um but yeah no I, with a lot of the lenses is you can do things that you couldn't possibly do with it but yeah the, it's like you know i enjoy the whole thing the kind of um the this this sort of slow process of i know everybody says oh it slows you down <laughs> um I, it's not uh, um 
yeah, it's just all fun to do, isn't it? It's it, mm. it's uh, every sort of step of the way is kind of kind of enjoyable, really. So yeah, uh, especially, I, especially with a large format and stuff, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that it also maybe it's just the fact that we have to do more work to get the image. Uh, maybe we appreciate our photography more when it's on film because you know it was a little harder i mean let's face it it's it's a little harder than 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 what the the technology is out there today so like uh, i think there's a, there's a little bit of self-satisfaction that happens when uh you know we we take the time to do it uh kind of the old school way and even though it's maybe not as uh efficient right <laughs> yeah definitely it's, yeah. it's something that um I've been thinking about lately is the, the sort of well, I've heard a few people actually on podcasts just in the last week. I think uh, John Whitmore was talking about it when I was listening to Sunny Sixteen yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's setting up his website and because he's just yeah, really just, put I on just, social I just, media. I just, I just listened to it yesterday myself. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was kind of saying how uh, you know you put the work into it, and it, I've kind of been feeling the same way re- recently. And I know I've kind of gone through a cycle of this in the past um, of sort of feeling like instagram and things like that you're just feeding this beast right but where you uh, yesterday i thought i'll go out i could i had a couple of hours to spare so i thought i could go out to this derelict factory um set you know get some shots but then i said well i'm just gonna go to all that effort basically just end up sticking it on instagram to watch it just disappear mm-hmm. within within an hour mm-hmm. it's it's gone and it's like I don't know. I, I I think I need to sort of. I can't see myself kind of setting up my own website or whatever. Um, yeah. I I I used to have a, um, a, a dedicated Facebook page for my photography. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking. I, I have about, I have one of those. Honestly, it didn't get much traction. I'll be to be honest. I, yeah, yeah, I do it, but I don't. I don't really think it, it gets me much. You know, it, it's probably more effort than it's actually worth. You know, that, so that's yeah. it. I think. I ended up having so many different kind of channels for all these things, whether it was, you know, my just personal kind of stuff on my, for my friends and family, um, and then dedicated photography. Uh, I, uh, it was just too much. I had too many things. I was getting um, just lost in all, all the different, you know, keeping the different feeds up to date. I just mm-hmm. thought, what, what am I doing it for? I, there's no, this is just becoming a headache when, right. I don't really have any intention of making a living out of it or or the means to. I don't think you know, I do it because I like it. I really don't expect anybody to. I, I mean, I'm not offering anything for sale because I just it's not going to mm-hmm. think anybody would buy anything anyway. But really, <laughs> I think that would just open the door to another world of headache of, you know, like I don't want to organize all that. I'd rather just not. I've got a job. I've got an income. Right. I'm quite happy. I'm kind of I know it's never going to replace that. That. so i just want to you know quietly get on with it so i'm quite happy to mix my my instagram feed is you know some of it is the music i'm listening to or the you know i put posts up of um whatever album i've got on and which i tend to go through delete as i through the day but uh but yeah family pictures and then the kind of pinnal stuff and the more i don't know kind of experimental bits and pieces go, go just go through that because i find it manageable Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah that's actually kind of a subject that we have on our list of topics to hit was like your instagram feed i was i was kind of revisiting it uh uh before we got on the call here and, and i feel like i feel like i've been following you for a long time i actually made the point to you when you uh when we got on the call here that 
I feel like I knew who Granny Blur was before I knew who, who Alex Purcell was. <laughs> so like I just yeah. I, you have a really well, first of all, you have a catchy Instagram handle. So that 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 maybe that's why. But like and I remember like I think I maybe even had some 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 conversations with you or, or through the podcast or something. I don't know. And I had to like correlate that Alex Purcell was Granny Blur, like uh, <laughs> because I, I knew Granny Blur, but I didn't know Alex Purcell just yet. Yeah, and I, yeah. it took me a while to kind of get that uh and uh, get that logged in. But uh, uh but going through your Instagram feed, uh, you know, it is uh, we we talked about this in the pre-recording. Uh, a lot of people were very precious about their Instagram feeds, and like uh, I, I'm I'm only precious to the point that I have two feeds. One is just kind of my personal account, family stuff, and just what we're doing. And there's a lot of iPhone shots. There's just daily stuff there. And then one is my you know my my artsy my artsy account. I'm only going to put my art photos up there. And and so I'm precious in that way. But uh, but you seem to just uh, just throw whatever just sticks to the wall. And uh, and, and I'm not down. <laughs> you cool to get shit. <laughs> I'm not downgrading your photography whatsoever. You have an amazing. Okay, theme. it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, I, I totally. But that's, that's it is exactly how it goes. But you, you know, and I actually think that's refreshing. Like you know, we've had many uh, things where we've ribbed on Andre for like his preciousness about his Instagram account and how he wants like three watch photos, three color photos, three black and white photos, and it's all it's done is like crippled him and and like made him not even really use Instagram. And like, there's something kind of freeing to just be like, oh, oh, f it. Like I'm just gonna, you know, this is my account. Like like it or not. I, I think it's, yeah. it's a refreshing attitude. I honestly just haven't got the mental capacity to function as a human being and, and have that going on at the same time. It has to be something that I can just not think about and just, you know, literally throw it up, as you say. Yeah. Right. right. Well, I, I, you know, we we, we kind of uh, kind of dived in, into some of the some of the meat of this conversation and didn't really get out to to the what we really needed to start with was uh, first of all, um, how about you <laughs> tell people how you got into this madness and uh, particularly film photography uh, a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I I was kind of a bit late. Um, I mean, it was only film. There, there wasn't really, oh, no, maybe digital started to creep in and it was probably either really crap or really expensive when I started. Um, but um, my my dad was a good photographer. Uh, so it was always, you know, I always saw good kind of photography at home. And a lot of it was kind of based around motorsport for him. Um, and then my older brother did photography in college. So from a, a kind of young teens kind of age I, I kind of saw it as something my brother did and at that age I was kind of I wasn't going to follow him in anything he did so I stayed away from it for mm -hmm. quite a few years uh, um, and then I think it must have been yeah I was about 20 I think when I finally got kind of a bit hooked uh, one of my oldest and best friends uh, Phil who I've kind of grown up with because his parents were friends with mine. Um, he was just really, really kind of in, massively into uh, black and white and developing at home. Um, so, and he's always been my kind of partner in crime for kind of going off exploring and doing stuff. And just, uh, we'd go off just exploring kind of the local, um, there's a lot of uh, derelict kind of buildings around here. Well, there's a lot of waterfalls, a lot of kind of beautiful scenery. But in amongst that, in the woods, there's a lot of 
mining that kind of stopped in the 70s, 80s. There are a couple of mines still open, but these places are just amazing to go and have a look at. And, and oh, wow. they, were, they weren't that long abandoned, a lot of them. So you could go and see your remains of tracks and these kind of carts and buildings and things with the roofs caving in. So I, I was into go, going to those places before it occurred guess, to me to take I, a camera. I guess I guess we should mention what area we're talking about here. Like where <laughs> I didn't even mention your location. So that's so, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, in sort of southwest Wales, um, okay. kind of around Swansea, um, and in yeah, I kind of grew up in the valley that leads down towards Swansea city. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a real sort of mining coal mining area, mm. um, and. It's, yeah, it's got a long history of it as well, so that there are some really kind of ancient um, workings there and things. So it was all, you know, loads of cool stuff to go out and explore, which I'd, I'd always done. I've always lived within a short walk of a hillside that's just kind of, you know, you're just free to kind of wander around. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, with being with my mate Phil, who was getting more and more into photography, um, it kind of, you just end up handing me a, some old, medium format kind of box camera or something mm -hmm. uh, and then develop the shots for me just because that's what he was doing um and then yeah i kind of got hooked from there although i didn't i never developed uh back then mm -hmm. I, when i decided to get the camera my dad gave me an slr um a practica i think um at first and then i just started shooting c41 stuff and i just thought oh yeah my brother was into the darkroom stuff and my mate as well a couple of friends actually um but i just saw it as too much of a faff and mm -hmm. i i mean i went to i did engineering in, in college um so i used to see i'd walk through part of the college that was had the um the art students work hanging up and you'd see a lot of the kind of darkroom work that they'd done and i a lot of it just kind of looked awful to me, to be honest. So <laughs> I, 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 every day going into college, I'd see this quite bad black and white work. And I just felt that a lot of what I, what I saw, this is really judgmental and it's something <laughs> I do, do not think anymore, but it, it seemed to be um, uh, used to kind of borrow from the seriousness and the skill and the, the weight of old really good kind of black and white photography it right, just seemed right. that it's what shit photographers did to kind of try and convince people that what they did was good so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. back then i just thought like, if i can make something that looks good in color then i forget it would have to actually really be good um, what, what what time frame was this as far as uh... this was about you know turn of you know 2000 ish okay so around, at the time uh, labs were still uh, there were plenty, yeah. plenty of labs and yeah like uh did you do any of the the uh, back then <clears throat> I, I wasn't developing at that point yeah i was, it was just getting into photography pretty seriously myself at that time and uh, i wasn't doing any developing at home yet but i did uh, when i wanted to shoot black and white that the c41 black and whites was a good option for you. Did, did did you go down that route on that because that's, yeah that's, did, i did black and white back then <laughs> just only a few rolls probably okay. not even three probably i think i shot two rolls of the ilford yeah what's it called uh, yeah it's uh, nice the, uh, nice looking the, stuff yeah what what happened uh xp2 isn't that's, it yeah that, that sounds right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. So that was, you know, that was my opinion then. And mm -hmm. I think I, I've changed a lot since then, really. Um, yeah, because so, looking at your Instagram feed, I mean, a majority of your photography is black and white. Yeah, I mm -hmm. kind of, that's all I want to shoot. 
and they develop at home. And I think it was um, around then um, I started, well, eventually the prices of half-decent uh, digital cameras came down. And I, I never got a serious, you know, not even... Uh, um, and you know, I never had like a high or not even a, a mid-range kind of uh, DSLR or anything mm. really. Uh, I ended up with the digital compact, but the, you know, it did take nice photos. Right. Um, and then I think as my cameras died, like my little XA rangefinder, um, but that was even as recently as um, ten years ago, I think, or eleven years ago, because that I remember that broke on the plane to Egypt with mm. Kim, my wife, when we just met. Um, and that just, you know, a few of my cameras developed problems like that. And so I ended up relying more and more on the, on the digital mm-hmm. cameras that I picked up along the way. And eventually my sort of enthusiasm just kind of died off. Man, um, the same thing happened to me. Like I, I went like uh, <laughs> right around, gosh, I guess it was um, 2008, somewhere around yeah. that range. And That's exactly and like, yeah, and, the, and uh, it looked like, honestly... And people, maybe younger people in 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 into photography now don't realize this, but it looked it really looked like film was going away. Like I mean, it you know, Kodak was on the brink of bankruptcy, and they did actually go bankrupt. Ilford had a bankruptcy thing. It looked like it looked like film was actually not going to be a thing. And like, yeah. And so I was I was like, all right, I got to get on this digital bandwagon or whatever. And after several years of doing it, I just lost my. I don't know what it was. I, I lost my interest in photography. I just lost it. Like it just wasn't fun for me anymore. I, and, and I was like, man, if I could just go back to film when I had fun, maybe that's what I need. And then, then I found out there was this uh, whole new revival going on. <laughs> so, but yeah, did, did you have kind of the same path or what, how did that go? Uh, well, it was, um, I think it was actually my first iPhone, which would have been the 3GS, mm-hmm. um, that changed things for me. Because well, that started the change because it was before Instagram, right? Um, but there were some apps where you could apply filters and just create a, a look Hip, that was hip, hipstamatic. Know. Was what? Yeah, it, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's one that I hear about. I don't. I didn't have yeah. that one. I had one called Cross Process. Yeah, um, and yep. there was F- Filter Storm, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a few others. And I found with Cross Process was really over the top. But if I, if I made a double exposure um and then well it created a light a layer so i could just filter in as much of the cross-processed version of the image i could kind of just tweak it a bit and then get something that i like the look of better um and then i started to kind of think more and more about what it was that i didn't like about the digital shots i was getting right right Uh, and it was the fact that they were as bright in the corners and as sharp in the corners as the center was and it was just all too crisp and uh too, too perfect yeah um yeah. so too just clinical and i thought yeah so i ended up putting more and more effort into uh creating walking pictures up yeah <laughs> yeah basically just <laughs> vignetting them a bit and softening them <laughs> and then just yeah just putting all of the kind of flaws in a way or the character back in to these shots and then mm. um it was actually I was left some cameras um, when my dad passed away years ago, um, six years ago, whatever. Um, and they sat around for a while. And I thought, oh, I just didn't really have 
they were a bit of a burden, really. I thought I've got these two, uh, um, yeah, two, two film cameras out there. I thought I, I'm not going to use them, but I, I can't get rid of them because mm-hmm. you know he he wanted me to have them. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just run a film through one, and uh, you know, just see if it works and see you know at least I've tried it then and you know. But it was kind of begrudgingly, really. I felt. A, duty to to try this out i went down to swansea to the local lab that i'd always gone to thankfully it was still there i made to the guy now or his son rather who owns it um and that's doing really well um Mm. but went there picked up some foam and he he got some c41 had a day out and dropped the film off and i think it was um yeah it was well this guy neil who runs the shop i think he, he had a good kind of gave me a bit of a push because mm. he, he just commented he's he kind of know my i knew his dad when he his dad used to run the shop and he's my mum's always got all her photos developed there so we kind of know each other a bit um but he was just really positive about the shots he said oh yeah he said obviously you've seen them there were some really nice ones there and it I had a bit of a kind of boost from that which right. was really nice because but he, he's in he obviously he's thinking i'm gonna sell more film with this one <laughs> i'll get him him hooked and it works (laughs) it's like like a drug pusher right yeah definitely yeah yeah perhaps he's a bit more sinister character than i realized um yeah i have to question my whole friendship with him now um but yeah that was great he um yeah so they were just really nice shots straight out of the camera i would say straight out of the camera obviously it's you know the film type and the however expired the developer was at the lab and all those sort of things play into it and it was but they were just really nice looking and I thought oh I'm spending all that time in Lightroom or using apps on my phone and stuff like that and I don't want to be sat there in front of a computer I'd, I like to have it that side of it just come out looking right right and right. Uh, from that moment I I didn't well other than carrying my phone around with me I didn't touch digital camera then for years from then I just kept using that that uh, Nikon for a while um, and then ended up buying more and more bits and found how cheap Russian rangefinders were and started accumulating them mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's kind of just kind of exponentially grown from there really um, did, you, did you see uh, like as this was as as you were kind of uh, leaning that direction did when was it you found out like um, this whole film community thing was actually blowing up. Cause I, I feel like I was, I feel like I should have known about this sooner than I did. But, uh, but it, I, I, I was shocked uh, when I decided to go back to film and I started Googling things and I found the FPP and stuff like that. And like, just found this, like there's this kind of like, wait, wait a minute. The film's not dead. It's not dying. Yeah. This is actually like blowing up. Did you yes. have a sort of similar experience? Yeah, um, I, th- I I can't remember now how the timeline, how it kind of worked out, but I think it was around about the time that the Sunny 16 started. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty I feel like sure. The Sunny 16 is like, is like the FPP of Europe, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they'd, they'd been going, for, I think, for a little while. So I yeah. kind of discovered them and say, oh, what's this? And then uh, there were certainly a few, ep- definitely a few episodes to kind of catch up on. Right. Um, and I think within like a week or so, I'd, I'd caught up to where they were. Um, so I'm not sure when, I can't even remember when they started. I, I might be remembering this slightly wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so it was around about then. Um, which when was that? Is that like five years ago now? Or something I don't know. It seems like I remember. Sure. I remember their their first episodes. Uh, you know, they didn't really. I, it was it was funny to to like listen to them in the early days, and then as it progressed, because like you know they didn't really have like new products to talk about. There was no new film products then. Yeah. Within a year or two after they started. <clears throat> Like you started, and then you you had like kickstarters to talk about new films coming out. Like it was, it, it was yeah. kind of interesting to see like how film was blowing up through their podcast as they started. Because when I think when they first started, I mean, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot going on really. No, that's uh, right. Is it yeah. amazing? Because it was quite bleak, and then yeah, it, it was really unexpected for for just to be so much positivity and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to you know to see the community grow and kind of uh, there's all these offshoots of different podcasts now and um you know it's just amazing really and i think um i think it's been the same for everybody we've everybody that's kind of involved has just suddenly got this huge social group which has just expanded over most of the planet it seems um yeah where we all know you know i i'm kind of aware of people that or if, if i haven't chatted to them directly in, in I don't know I don't know how many countries there must be dozens of countries all over the world now that people are kind of on friendly terms with which yeah, is pretty it's, amazing it's, 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 incredible that, that would happen I've never had another hobby and I've had plenty of hobbies and uh, way more hobbies than I have time but I've never had another hobby that has connected me uh, with more people around the world than this and like yeah. it's such a tight knit community and but it's like it's all over the world like I told my wife like. When I retire, um, we might have some places to shack up <laughs> if we want to. Re- <laughs> we want to like travel the world a little bit because I'm, I'm starting will, to know. Definitely. I feel like I got friends all over the world now, and like that would not. And that 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 all happened through this community. I think it's it's really amazing. Like I, I don't know too many hobbies where you have that that sort of like just weird, weird connection with people almost immediately. And uh, you know, I've talked with people all around the world at this point, and. It just shocks me, like, uh, you know, you hear the thing, it's a small world after all or whatever, but it really is, like, I mean, uh, because, like, you, you, the, the thing I've, I've enjoyed the most about this is, like, finding out how, how much I have in common with people in complete, you know, a country on the other side of the, of the planet, you know, and uh, just through yeah. photography. And uh, and then you find out other things about their life. It's like, oh, you know what? We're all just trying to get through this thing called life, man. And, uh, yeah, and it, I just, it's been... It's been amazing, and um, but yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's the um, the perfect hobby, really, for the internet. I mean, okay, you don't lose an awful lot. I mean, okay, it's not the same as seeing a print, but you you can kind of experience what somebody is is doing mm-hmm. creatively, as opposed to I don't know, like whatever. There's so many other kind of hobbies that that wouldn't translate as well. And I, and I know that the, a lot of it. It's funny how the, the podcast has become such a. Um, I suppose it's the complementary thing for the work, really. Uh, so you, you you get the rest of it then. You not not just the visual sort of side, right? Um, but yeah, I, I suppose that's a, a natural kind of yin to the yang of it, right? <laughs> well, speak, speaking of um, podcasts, that leads me to like the, the, that perfect. Perfect. You just gave me the perfect. Uh, makes me sound like a professional broadcaster. The perfect segue. And uh, I set them up. You knock them down. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> but so you have joined uh, the Soot and Whitewash podcast with Mr. Neil Piper. And uh, Neil and I go a long way back from the very beginning days of me starting this podcast. And I, I love Neil to death. And uh, we like to give each other a lot of shit, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I just, uh, I appreciate him a whole lot. He's really, uh, uh, really been a, helped me a whole lot through uh, this this podcast and with the Facebook group. Like he was actually, the, I, I still uh, I still blame him for the Facebook group. So, uh, but <laughs> but but uh, Neil at one point was kind of uh, trying to get you to join certain whitewash podcasts as like a co-host. Yeah, and, you're using this and, word join. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard the word join. This is more like being bundled into the back of a van <laughs> <laughs> and driven off. It was yeah. coercion. Uh, uh, it's, like, it's one of those uh just no window ford econoline vans yeah uh pretty sure we threw you in the back of one of those but, <laughs> but uh uh and like neil actually reached out to me he's like man i'd really like to get uh alex to like join my podcast it's like all right let me let me see if i can if i can help out so we did a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy going on there was a lot of uh <laughs> Like, uh, there's a lot of plans behind the scenes. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I was, a, I was the straw that broke the camel's back, but I want to, I, I want to feel like that. I, I, I helped, uh, Neil in that, in that, in that, uh, <laughs> that, a journey. It worked. <laughs> so. There's no escape. I, I felt like I was being followed down the street. <laughs> People in dark glasses, like, he's going to do it. We're going to make him do it. Right. Yeah. So no, it's great. And I was reluctant because I'm, you know, this is not a natural thing that I would choose to do at all. Right. Definitely. Cause it's just, it's, it's too close to public speaking, really, which um, is like my phobia. Um, so, yeah, it was, I had a huge kind of <clears throat> hurdle to get over. And it's still kind of a bit nerve wracking, but it's getting easier. I think it's yeah. really good. It's great to kind of, I think you've got to do stuff that's difficult and, um, you know, it's uh, facing your fears is a chance to grow in mm -hmm. some way. So, uh, yeah, and it well, definitely was a fear. Um, well, I will it's, say, like, it's great. No, no Piper is, <laughs> uh, I love him to death, but, I, but you, you did add, uh, an element to that show that I think is, is very, uh, something he needed and wanted because, uh, uh, and I, I think it's it's you've definitely elevated it. So uh, you get over it. Yeah, just get over those fears, man. You're you're doing a great job. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's saving him from talking to himself too much because <laughs> I think that's not good for him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but I will say this, uh, the soot and whitewash podcast, folks, if you're not listening to that, you should, uh, uh, but there is a, um, uh, the, the cover photo for the podcast. Uh, I, I think it's by far the best, uh, like when you go to your podcast catchers and you see like all the, the logos for all the podcasts or whatever, certain whitewash by far has the best. Cause it, to me, it looked, <laughs> it looked like, a an album cover from, I don't know, probably mid to late eighties. And, uh, with, uh, with, <laughs> With, with uh neil and uh and uh, uh and alex's faces uh very like dramatically uh black and white lit and all this and like just like very shadowy faces and i thought man this was like a, a pretty pretty decent album cover but alex you, you good kinda, t-shirt <laughs> yeah, 
but you kind of you you i don't know i don't I, to some people you may say downgraded the uh the design but uh what did you what did you think it looked like i don't know they sold a lot of records uh, you can't knock it no i know i i was thinking like edgy alternative you know right. i couldn't think and, of quite what it was a bit kind of i don't know but maybe, yeah maybe it, 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 something like brian eno would come out with or something that's or, right uh, yeah <laughs> definitely yeah, no but then i was I knew it reminded me of something, and then for some reason the name just popped into my head, Hall and Oates, <laughs> and it's almost identical to one of their album covers. Is it the H two O album? Was that was that the one uh, that they had their faces on? Hall and Oates. That's good. I, 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 hey, hey, you make my dreams come true is, is a good song. I don't know what says. <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, yeah, you come a long way, man. You, you, uh, you know, got to get from film photography, getting into the community and then being an actual, like, uh, uh, you know, a celebrity, uh, film podcaster. So, you know, it's a good, good journey. <laughs> so, and, and, and being compared to Hall and Oates, I don't know, you know, that's, uh, I mean, there's worse things, right? So <laughs> maybe. No, no, not when you're an as, uh, aspiring alternative musician. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, all right well uh, so i i have a couple other um topics we kind of wanted to hit we talked about in the pre-recording but i i this this is kind of a short one but i have to admit like you know as a as a huge hoga fan uh i uh i and i'm a, I'm a huge hoga fan and my favorite color is blue and you happen to have a blue hoga so tell me about about this because I, I i don't know why i didn't buy one when they were out but like you have a blue hoga and it's a it's a i mean it's it's one of the most uh probably it's, it's uh, the best it's the best color <laughs> yeah. to have isn't it it is. It is. I'm sure it, it translates to photos as well. So yeah, but uh. <laughs> you can tell, 100. percent It's it's quite a nice one actually. It's the uh, glass lensed one, which oh, okay. might be a bit not a pure, you know, not the purest Tolga. Um, but the only difference I see is there's a bit more contrast with the glass mm. lens. Um, I still, still have the, uh, the vignetting and the the totally, kind of blurry. Totally. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's Just really more contrast. Yeah, just a bit, a little bit better kind of contrast. The blacks ah, stay see, a bit blacker. Alex, you're giving me gas right now. I don't like it, but uh, but yeah, because uh, now I'm going to have to find one because I, 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 I can't complain. I, I have a Hoga with a magic lens, but like, man, if you can get the same look but more, a little more contrast, yeah, that's that's right down my alley, man. So yeah, huh? Yeah, I, well, I've been lucky with mine anyway, because uh, of course they probably vary massively. But uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's the one with the. Color flash. It's the GCFN. That's the one so I have. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mine's the plastic lens. Yeah. Okay. Does, have you tried the flash on yours? Uh, when I first bought it, I had a lot of fun, like at uh, at a bar with my friends, uh, taking <laughs> different colored shots, uh, multiple exposures, and uh, oh, okay. I, I had that, this. One, I had this. One mine just really... fogged the film. <laughs> really? Fogged the shot. Yeah. There's oh, some my... sort of internal lightning. Oh, okay. Color, so. <laughs> wow, I should try it again. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I didn't do something right, but yeah, I just gave up on that immediately. You should, like put some 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 tape on the insides or something, where there might be some where that flash is like uh, going through the like some cracks in the inside there somewhere. But uh, I took this funny photo. Um, we were sitting at a bar, me and uh, a couple of bandmates, and um, uh, I, I took it was three exposures, one of each of us that were at the booth in this bar, and I took the first photo, and it was like my friend with like his like his hand on his chin and he had his eyes closed and i took a photo of the of me and the other bandmate 
and they were like above his head. So it looked like he was thinking about us. <laughs> but each one, of us, each one of us was a different color because I spun the color wheel to a different color. So <laughs> it's <really> ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, so um, who was he having blue thoughts about? <laughs> It was actually, I think, the mate, the first guy, the guy that was having the thoughts, was the blue guy. But uh, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, good stuff. All right. Well, speaking of blue, um, I feel like uh, I don't know. You know, I preach a lot about being, you know, a working man and working man's cameras and all that stuff. And apparently, uh, you're another uh, a blue collar worker in the uh, in the film uh, community. Uh, uh, you, you kind of have a, a a little bit of blue collar in you, right, Alex? So, what do you yeah. do for a living? I'm a breakdown service engineer for a boiler manufacturer. So I go out and do the, well, half of my job is warranty breakdown work on, you know, newish boilers, but then they have, the customers can have maintenance contracts then as well. So I'll go out to ancient stuff as well. Mm. And I cover and this, all of West actually, Wales. And so you, you try, like, I think, I think maybe that I, I remember having a conversation with you about this, but you, you travel a lot. So that's why you got to listen to podcasts a lot. And also yeah. like, yeah, on your travels, you could take photos as well. You had a little time to, to do that. Is that right? Yeah, kind of make time for it. It depends on how the day's going and things. Right. But yeah, it, I mean, what is it? You know, it doesn't take long to jump out and take a shot. Unless I'm, I've quite often got my large format gear with me as well. So sometimes if I, you know, if um, depending on when I've got to pick the kids up and stuff like that, I can kind of make a bit of time to shoot some 4 by 5 as well. But nice. I, I've always got you know, probably three or four cameras with me every day. And I do about a thousand miles a week. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful area from, you know, I live near Swansea city, which is, you know, it's quite shitty really. Um, it's not too bad, but it's not a pretty city in any way. Right. Um, but as you go West from there and kind of North of it, you've got, it's just you know, really, really beautiful, stunning kind of coastline and uh, some hills and stuff like that. So I'm out traveling along uh, around that in all the kind of r- rural areas mm. every day. I'm the furthest west engineer. So if there's anything down that way, it's me who goes. Um, so that would be, yeah, almost every day is down the extreme kind of West Wales, which is awesome. Right. Yeah, I right. wouldn't to change it. It's, yeah, yeah. So about four hours driving a day usually. Wow, wow. folks we are back from the break and uh, you know i think i might have left a little cliffhanger there on that uh that alex purcell interview from the soot and whitewash podcast uh you will hear uh the next uh, installment of uh a part two of that interview on the next solo show uh but a huge thanks to alex for joining me it was a real blast and i uh, just had a, a just a real fun time real good time talking to him he is uh, uh on great he's grainy blur pretty much uh, everywhere instagram twitter and obviously a a, a valued co-captain of the soot and whitewash podcast so hope you guys enjoyed that and uh, stay tuned for in a couple weeks uh, 
for the uh, next installment of Alex uh, Purcell Part Two. That's a little, little cliffhanger. That's what, well, it's what we do in the business, man. Keep you keep you coming back, right? So, <laughs> all right. And uh, I guess we need to. It's, it's at this point now. I think I need to get out a Colin camera view. And this one's going to come from Mr. None Other than Mr. Bill 2. Everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. Mr. Bill 2 is going to be talking about the Chroma Carbon Adventurer 4x5. And uh, let's see. He actually sent me an email on this uh, with a correction that he's uh, going to talk about uh, in this in this call-in. He says, uh, hey, Mike. I've attached my user experience of the Chroma Camera 4x5. It's not a very technical review. And uh, apologies for a correction to the prices I mentioned. The advanced 4x5 is 385 pounds and the carbon is 545 pounds as of October 2020 after checking the website. I think I mentioned the carbon as uh, 380 pounds. All the best to Roxana, Andre, yourself, and your significant others. Regards, Bill. Uh, well, uh, all the best to Bill, uh, to you, Bill, and your significant others as well in this crazy, crazy year, right? And so, and thanks for the, the you know the corrections here. So when you when he mentions the prices on this uh, call-in camera view, I just know there's a little little addendum, a little correction there. But uh, but I definitely appreciate uh, Bill sending me this call-in. So let's let's find out what he is gonna uh, what he has to think about this Chroma camera four by five. Good day, this is Bill Two here. And this is a call-in camera experience with the Chroma Camera Carbon Adventurer 4x5 field camera. I'd like to thank Andre for prompting me to send in this review experience. I picked up the Carbon Adventurer at the beginning of September having ordered it at the end of May so the lead time for the build was advertised as about 12 weeks and I think that's what it got delivered in um, I ordered it at the start of our isolation so it wasn't quite in the before times and it arrived um, just in time for us to have a bit more freedom at least psychologically in terms of movement. I'm currently at about 5am in the suburb of Balmain in Sydney which is uh, in a city suburb on the harbour waiting for a bit of light so I can get some photography of the city skyline going. This is my first 4x5 camera. I've never shot 4x5 before September. This is probably my fifth time out with the camera. I've got a 75mm lens and a bag bellows on the camera. The Carbon Adventurer is a 4x5 field camera. It's got a carbon fibre base. It's got aluminium architecture for the front and rear standards and it's got plastic which might be 3d printed for the front and rear standards and also the um, view glass holder 
they're also purchasable from the Chroma website, lens boards, either in carbon fibre or acrylic 3D printed or laser cut. I'm not entirely sure, I'm sorry. Um, this isn't really a review of the camera because I don't really have an experience of 4x5 to compare with or really much 4x5 experience. I'm just going to tell you how I found the camera to use as a first-time 4x5 user. And of course, this might apply to other brands as well. I found it not exactly intuitive, but I've been listening to large format photography podcasts and um, enjoying the interactions on a negative positives Facebook group. And with a bit of reading, including Ansel Adams' The Camera, I think I've got the basics in terms of what you're meant to do with the camera and The Carbon Adventurer does all of that. The front standard has tilt, swing and shift and the rear standard has swing and tilt. Um, again, don't ask me the degrees of freedom but it is on the Chroma camera website. The front standard of course can move backwards and forwards but also the rear standard can too and apparently this reduces or perhaps eliminates the need for recessed lens boards for very wide lenses. I'm using the bag bellows today because what I found with the 75mm lens the movements available are reduced because of the concertina bellows getting in the way. The ground glass holder is held in place by magnets as are the bellows and it's relatively easy to remove and rotate but still feels um, excellently secure but I've never been worried of losing the ground glass. There are Graflex locks in the back so you can attach any back to the camera that utilizes that holder system. I've got a 120 roll film back that fits very securely onto the back of the camera using that system. When there's a bit more light I'm gonna take a 6x17 panorama. Can't tell you whether that works really well as yet because I haven't developed that first roll through that back. The um, camera feels pretty solid and stable. I don't know whether um, it'll be stable enough for uh, a bit of wind or a bit of breeze. I haven't challenged it in weather and atmosphere as yet. Um, it's a reasonable price for a first camera. I think it's about, again, need to check the website, but it was about £380. Um, excluding delivery um, and that included a pinhole um, lens board as well as one lens board um, in a carbon fiber finish um, the the um, 4x5 experience um, is 
quite methodical, seems to be very technical. Um, I've never used a spot meter so much in my life. Um, the results uh, are or can be amazing um, and they can be quite challenging depending on the photographer rather than anything else. Um, would I recommend 4x5? If you're thinking about it, just do it. It's uh, an amazing field technique type of photography to do. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, quite challenged the first time I took the camera out, but now on the fifth occasion, I'm finding the process to be incredibly enjoyable. The Chroma camera is one of those brands that could get you an entry level 4x5 camera with virtually all the bells and whistles without sending you broke particularly if you want to see what 4x5 is like with a field camera anyway this is built 2 you can find me on instagram at b-i-l-l-t-h-o-o or b-i-l-l dot t-h-o-o both accounts calling in for the chroma camera 4x5 well, thank you very much, Mr. Bill, too, uh, for the, your review of the uh, the Chroma uh, 4x5 uh, camera adventurer. Just, uh, you know, so it's, it's a lot going on there. The Chroma Carbon Adventurer 4x5. I'm sure that there's been a lot of 4x5 going on in this podcast and really all throughout the community. And uh, thank you for your thoughts on that, Bill. Uh, Bill's one of my favorites. Uh, everybody, you should check out Bill, too, if you haven't checked him out on Instagram. He is fantastic, uh, does fantastic work. So I'm sure he's going to continue to do fantastic work in 4x5 as well. So uh, thank you very much for the call-in. Uh, if, guys, if you want to, uh, guys and gals, if you want to send in a call-in of anything in your film photography journey, anything at all, just as, as long as it's talking about film photography, it doesn't even have to be talking about that. You want to get something off your chest, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play it. I've, there's never been one I've not played. Uh, you can send, uh, record audio. Uh, easiest way is on your phone app, the voice uh, recording app on your phone or whatever, and just send that file to negpositives at gmail.com, and we'll get it in the queue to get it on the air. Easiest way to get on this podcast before I ask you to come on as a guest. So there you go. All right, I guess we need to wrap this show up. And uh, so let's get to coffee donations. Uh, we got got like uh, what we got like four four this week or so to talk about. So a uh, huge thanks to to you fine folks. Uh, first one comes from uh, Mark Nisbet, and he says, uh, "Love the podcast, Mike." Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you so much for your donation. Uh, second one comes from uh, Jeff Greenstein, and he says, uh, "I thank you on <laughs> on behalf of all smart rednecks." <laughs> I guess I'll take that as a comment. I guess he's referring to me as a, a fellow smart redneck. But uh, I believe uh, I believe that Jeff told me he is from uh, from Georgia and now lives in California. Uh, he actually is the guy that uh, gave Andre a uh, uh, like in the box Kodak APS camera and a couple rows of APS film. And I, I'm so wanting to get my hands on that. And uh, so I made a deal with Andre. It's like, hey, Andre, shoot those two rows of APS film that that uh, that uh, that Jeff gave you. 
and I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll develop it for you and scan it for you. I have uh, reels that I've modified to uh, develop APS film, and I have a uh, you know a film holder to scan it. And you send me your reels, I'll do it for you for free. Uh, but hey, maybe just uh, throw that uh, that Kodak camera, uh, APS camera, in the box as well, because I'd like to shoot it. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, I work a little magic here, but it's just good to see that that uh, Jeff is uh, trying to get Andre to be a cool kid for once, and uh, you know, join the the hottest trend in film photography is taking over the world by storm, the APS revival. So, uh, <laughs> but thank you, Jeff, for the donation and uh, getting Andre uh, into into some serious cool kid territory. But uh, <laughs> all right, next up is uh, Mr. Ian Turpin. And he also had, uh, thank you, Ian, for your donation. Uh, he also has his own podcast, The Ordinary Photographer. If you haven't checked out uh, that podcast, The Ordinary Photographer by Ian Turpin, definitely check that out. I think it's been a little dormant in here recently. Ian, get that thing going again, man. I I've been enjoying it. So uh, uh, there you go. And next up, uh, the last coffee donation comes from Angela Solis. And uh, she is one of the, uh, one of the, the, the a, a very active member in all the film communities, all the film community, and we love Angela Death. And uh, uh, yeah, she uh, was a, a, a past uh, guest on this on the show. And Angela, we need to get you on for a, a roundtable at some point too, I believe. So uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much, Angela, for your your donation uh, to the coffee fund of negative positives. And trust me, folks, I don't use this money to buy bourbon or Miller Lite. This money all goes to uh, shipping out some great prizes uh, or, or whatever to uh, uh, on these contests that we run. And speaking of contests, I should mention the go the negative positives ghost challenge photo contest is over and all the submissions have are in and we have some great submissions if you want to see those uh it's on the negative positives facebook group and if you're not a member of that you're missing out just saying you're missing out you're goofing you're just you're straight up goofing and uh but if you go to the negative positives facebook uh group in the top section there's like an when you go to that page there's in the top section there's like announcements and in the announcement section is all uh, there's a thread of all the uh, submissions to the uh, negative positives creepy ghost photo challenge and man we got some good ones so I would like to ask anybody that is on that group and all you all should be uh, to like go through those and like pick like four or five of your favorites and uh, just like them just give them a like you know like d d don't go crazy don't like like 20 of them like like five six of them that you think are the, the standout creepy ghost photos and because uh, that will help uh, Andre, Roxana, and I determine the big wieners of this contest. We're going to have five winners, five winners that will win uh, some prizes, uh, mostly from Mr. Mike Padua from ShootFilmCo.com. And we uh, certainly appreciate Mike Padua. Who doesn't love Mike Padua and ShootFilmCo.com? And uh, he's graciously provided us with some really cool gifts. And, uh, and Andre has some uh, a gift to give and, and Roxanne as well. So there's some really cool prizes in this. So uh, help us pick that by going to that little thread and uh, give, give us some likes that you think the, the ones are the strongest contenders uh, so we can kind of narrow down who, uh, who actually really deserves to win these awesome prizes. So uh, And definitely check out uh, Mike Padua's uh, website, shootfilmco.com, to get your, get, get your film swag on because he has like some of the cool is film photography swag on the planet bar none so uh huge thanks to mike as well so a uh, huge friend of well, just the entire film community i guess we should say and um okay and lastly uh we're gonna have uh 
Let's see, is, is that it? Yeah, we need to wrap this up. I'm going to get to the socials here in a bit. But right after the socials, you're going to hear a listener music track. And at the end of all these solo shows, I like to put in uh, a listener music track from a fellow a musician and photographer that might have some original music that they would like for people to check out and because uh, I, I i it's one of my favorite things about doing these solo shows because i love to hear what other photographers are doing uh as musicians because uh I, I you know i identify with that as a musician and a photographer so uh if any of you guys out there are musicians have any original music tracks laying down uh or just laying around on old hard drives or uh i don't know mini disc or <laughs> What is it? ADAT? That was another one. Uh, or there was also, wasn't there a digital audio tape? Or DCC? There was another. Man, there was a lot of a lot of crazy formats out there 10, 20 years ago. Uh, or four-track cassette. Yeah, all that stuff. If you have any uh, uh, any original music laying around, or if you're currently recording any original music, uh, hey, send me, uh, send me the tracks, and I'll play them at the end of these shows. And uh, I just love to hear what fellow photographers are also doing in the music realm of their life. So, uh, But we're going to hear a track from, I mean, this, this seems obvious, right? We talked about it in the solo show interview that I had with Mr. Alex Purcell. I've got three tracks from him. I've already played one a couple weeks ago, uh, but this is going to be another track from Mr. Alex Purcell. And uh, he has seems to have a hard time naming tracks like I do, so this this one's just be called Sample Test 03 from Mr. Alex Purcell. But this is one of the ones where he used his phone app to kind of lay down an electronic uh, uh, background and then played uh, some some real some some real live guitar over top of it. So uh, you're going to hear uh, Alex Purcell Sample Test 03 right after I get out these socials. So. Uh, all right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, we're going to get uh, our next episode will be a roundtable discussion because it will be 340. And we got some some, 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 some heavy hitters on the roundtable panel for the, this week, uh, along with Roxana, Andre, and I. We're going to have uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Joey Reedy. And uh, like, most people call him Joey Reddy, but apparently it's Reedy and, uh, from Awesome Cameras. And we're going to have none other than Jess Hobbs. Uh, of YouTube fame and recent uh, been a, 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 doing a lot of guest appearances on Classic Camera Revival here recently. So uh, yeah, Jess Hobbs and Joy Reedy will be joining us for the the next roundtable discussion uh, this coming uh, this next this next week. So look forward to that. Uh, all right. So uh, you can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this program, and this is where you would send your uh, your call-ins, right? And um, that's or your music files uh, at negpositives at gmail.com. Negpositives at gmail.com. Uh, we also have the Facebook group. Obviously, you need to be in it. You're missing out if you're not. The Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. We also have an Instagram Instagram account under the account name Negative Positives that is uh, mostly ran by Mrs. Roxana Angles now. So if you submit photos to Instagram, Think about using the hashtag negative positives and maybe Roxana will see it and highlight it for all of us to check out. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, coffee. You can uh, donate to this program and support the program on www.ko-fi.com slash negative positives. And we have a merch site. It is negativepositivespodcast.bigcartel.com where you can get you some uh, negative positives t-shirts, hats, and a coffee mug that is large enough to hold a beer. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so folks, that's, uh, that's all the socials. So, hey, everybody have a great week. And uh, we will talk to you soon on the next roundtable discussion. With uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. So uh, until then, have a great week. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. 
A Gutter Man Cave Production!